people of all genders, uh, this is just your conductor speaking. The uh, train will be shortly arriving at McElroy podcast. After that, the train will divide. The front four coaches will go on to a series of bad movie podcasts. And the rear four carriages will arrive at Queer and Pleasant Strangers. Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Kate Dale. And I'm not Jane Iris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers, that podcast where me and Jane, two queer trans ladies, d- do some skits and some voices and talk about our weeks and try and have a giggle, except for last week because I was in Gamescom where it was a video and Jane did a lot of the work. You helped. You recorded some audio from a... I recorded a couple of things on my phone that yeah. you then made into far more interesting things with visual components. I, I green-screened a badger for you, my dear. I know. You, if people want to check that out, if they've not seen that because it wasn't up on the uh, the standard posca- podcast feed, go to youtube.com slash Buzz and it should be up there. What's it called? It's 30... Uh, queer and Pleasant Stranger Vision. Yes, it's... Does it have like a 31.5 or... It no, it's just Queer and Pleasant Stranger Vision. Uh, I can, I can double check the full title if you'll give me a minimo. I will. I will vouch for time. Do do do. This do, is where I'm filling do, time do, while do, we do, check do, a piece of information do, we need to check. Do 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 do. do, do, do. I've watched a lot of YouTube today, apparently. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's Bloody a hell, that's, I have watched a lot of YouTube. That's a lot today. of YouTube today. Oh, you can hear well, us. Listen, it's it queer and pleasant stranger vision. Floppy apology invasion. Indeed, and it was a very silly, funny video that was all skits, and it was it was a very funny thing. I very much enjoyed it. I'm glad you enjoyed it, and I... that you trusted me to to put things with your voice. Yes, uh, I think. Oh, my phone is doing a buzz. Go away, phone. This a is Laura re- K buzz. This is the recording time. <gasps> I, I think my favourite skit may be the one with the sock puppet and the tentacles. <laughs> that may have been my favourite. Uh, but yeah, should we should we talk about our weeks and such? Uh, yes, tell me about your week. You had the most exciting week, I think. Well, I think most of the things that like from my week come under the category of games when we talk about uh, like things we've played because yes. I went to Gamescom in Germany mm-hmm. and I spent three days just not really sleeping and playing a lot of video games and then writing a lot of words about them. Too many words. You wrote, what, half a book, quarter of a book? I wrote, like, half a book's worth of words about video games. But it was a lot. A thousand words. It was too many words. Too so, many words, too many words. How, I don't know how many played things you've got this week. I suspect I have, like, quite a few I've more. I've got, like, three things. So, do you want to, like, you'll do one, then I'll do, like, four, then you do one, then I do, like, four, and we'll see if that evens out? <laughs> Let's just do mine, and then you can do yours. Mine are really quick anyway, because okay, my... I've mentioned them before. I played some more Link to the Past Randomised. How's that going? It's still good. I finished a run uh, with uh, a Moogle. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I've, I've been streaming some of that as well, so people have seen yeah. how that one was going. Had lots of fun. Switching to easy definitely seemed to make it more completable. Yes. I recently started a new one on, on normal, and I'm actually going to have to regenerate it, because I've realised it's impossible. They said it couldn't, wouldn't be impossible. That is, that is what I'd heard, but I, as far as I can tell, I can't work out how to do this. Cause is is this one of these you might need to know weird glitches and tricks? Maybe. Like, the book is somewhere really difficult to get to. Uh, the, all Both of the gloves are behind things that you need gloves to get through. 
Ha! Um, the ocarina, I think, is something like in the last dungeon. So you can't even like fly around and, and get things that way. Ha! So, uh, yeah. Um, I think that was pretty booked. I'll have to generate myself a new one and try again. Yeah, that's that's a thing. But I'm glad that like they they recommend doing easy first, and easy you seem to have a fun time with. Yeah, um, and that was good. And I will probably stream some more of that at some point. Also played some more two point hospital. Oh yes, because we've got review code through for that now. It's 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 as good as it was when we reviewed it last time. Um, I'm pretty none, sure none it's the like, save, yeah. None, yeah, none, none of the saves would load, so something's changed. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, I'm 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 getting back into that, and now I know that I don't have to restrain myself to just four levels. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's like you've not had much time with it yet, but I think that might be a next week discussion one, mm. possibly. And what else have you played? Uh, we played Luxor <gasps> and the expanded uh, expedition Luxor. Uh, yes. Expand alone game. These were your new uh, Kickstarter game. Yeah, board, yeah. Board Queen, games. Game, Queen Games turned around that one pretty quickly because I think I only kickstarted that like two months ago. It was definitely in the last four months because it's since we've been living together that you backed that. Yes. And it's already like out and in our hands. Yep. So I'm very so, happy with that. It's yeah. um, a bit of bit of delving deep into uh, pyramids to try and steal treasures. So, uh, horrible colonialism of the game. Yeah, so the the, the the normal one is Luxor. Yes. And it's kind of like a, a square board that has like a spiral path going into mm-hmm. the middle. Collect the treasures, collect sets of treasures. Yeah. And, and use, they, they will generate you points. The, the thing that's interesting about it is you have a hand of five cards, but you can only use the yeah. leftmost or rightmost card yes. the, from your hand. Mm-hmm. And when you pick up a new card, it goes in the middle. Yep. So sometimes you have to strategically use cards you don't want to use to get cards closer to the middle, out to the sides where mm-hmm. you can use them. Yeah, it's got an interesting flow to it. Yeah, definitely. And and obviously once you've shuffled the the deck for the first time, there is a chance that there's going to be much better cards in there because they that will include things you discarded that you picked up as like special cards yeah. that you paid for. Yeah, you might have to pay resources to get special cards, but when the deck sort of shuffles and recycles, you could just pick one up for free. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting little game. And then yeah, definitely. The, the, the standalone expansion uh, is one where you're like building a city, uh, like you're, you're building, you're building out a tiles. desert. You're building uh, out a desert with tiles. You, depending on how many people you have, the board gets larger and larger, and you uh, basically try and st- sort of strategically put down. Uh, types of tiles and and how many people you will sort of uh, add onto those and you you can claim tiles but you can't then move the people on tiles yeah so if you haven't got enough on a particular tile you might find that uh, somebody else can claim that out from under you uh, yeah. but yeah it's, it's it's quite interesting you can get quite quite uh, aggressive I think it, it was based on an old game do you remember what the game it's based on is called I can't remember right. no it, it seems to be a rebranding of an old game mm. that they'd like presumably b- bought the lights the rights to and just like oh I think it was stuck. their game oh one of their games okay yes. they just rebranded it to fit with the the new game they brought in yeah but yeah, it was fun. I, oh. I think it took me around to get my head around it a bit. Like, I think I get the logic a bit better now. Well, I actually found the instructions quite difficult to understand. So I yes. ended up looking up uh, instructions for the old game. 
and found that much more simple to work out. But yeah, it plays exactly the same. Yeah. So that's is that oh. that's all the thing you. That's played. all the things I played. So go through that big old big old list. Okay, I'm gonna try and like run through a list because I played a oh. bunch of stuff and I'm gonna try and like keep them all nice and quick. Mm-hmm. I played a bunch more dead cells. I made it to the first boss. Nice. I'm making some decent progress now. I found some combos that work for me. I'm getting consistently. Up to and past the first boss. Nice. That is a that's a good video game I'm really enjoying. I'm glad. Uh, I got to be there for the about an hour long gameplay demo for Cyberpunk 2077, which I'll acknowledge here. Uh, we'll see how that, that game turns out in terms of minority representation, considering the Twitter stuff recently that's kind of yeah. shitty. But that aside, that's a fucking fucking polished looking open world video game that like I was in a room there was a man doing a controller I made choices it clearly is a video game that exists and it looks just in terms of like technical polish that's that's a lot of video game that looks very good mm. I mean I've not really played any any of the other stuff I own Witcher 1 and 2 but I've not actually yeah. played any of the sort of Project Red games yeah. the Witcher 3 was like a great example of like they know how to make very polished open worlds mm-hmm. And this was like, what if we made a big polished open world? But it was just so dense with content. There was just stuff everywhere to the point that, like, I watched it played for an hour and I felt tired because I was like, <laughs> there's so much fucking stuff in this video game. Hmm. So I'm kind of into it. I'm into the the aesthetic of the like, but, uh, the the body modding stuff that's going on in there. But I'm like, yeah, it's weirdly at odds to have like really cool, interesting bio, uh, like, body modding stuff next to we don't know how to talk about trans people, because mm. that's, that's body modding stuff, like, there, there's, there's a whole conversation they had at the beginning of the presentation where they were like, yeah, the whole point of being a cyber mo- uh, cyberpunk is to, is to be your, yourself, your uninhibited you, yourself, and not let anyone tell you who to be, but also our Twitter account's kind of shitty about trans people being who they want to be, so... I will see how those balance out over time, but the demo was, like, kind of fascinating. Um, I got to play a a very short demo for a game called Man of Medan, which is the next horror game experience from the people that did did Until Dawn. It looks like it's in the same engine, same style of game, make some narrative choices, it plays with some horror tropes, try and keep the teens alive on a on a fishing boat where, like, a haunted ghost ship has appeared. Oh. And I hear you can actually keep everyone alive throughout this one. You can you keep everyone right alive, or everyone can die, Yay. or anything in between. Woo. Um, This is going to be much shorter than Until Dawn. Until Dawn was, like, a 15, 20-hour experience, I think. Okay. Um, Man of Medan is, like, a four-hour experience. Like, they're doing a collection of, like, I think it's twice a year they're going to bring out another game in this engine, and it'll be, like, a four-hour short experience, completely disconnected from the next one. Here's just an anthology of horror games. I suppose, like, a horror film in itself probably wouldn't be anywhere near that, so it it makes sense to keep it sort of shorter, I guess, keep the tension up, rather than needlessly extending it over. I'm excited to see what they do with that shorter runtime, but the very limited demo I got was, like, very good at being very tense on a creepy ship, so I'm excited for that. As long as the price point matches it. Yeah, they've not talked about the price, that all they've said so far is they're committed to doing four of these these games over about two years, so I'm Mm. excited to see how those come out. Um, Supermarket Shriek. <laughs> Supermarket Shriek is an indie game in which 
you play a man and a goat in a shopping trolley that is rolling down the road. And in order to turn the shopping trolley, you make the man and the goat scream. And the man makes it turn, screams and makes it turn one way, and the goat screams and makes it turn the other. Uh, you can play this with controllers, where like you hold down a button and the man starts screaming, hold down a button and the goat starts screaming. All sorts of chaotic fun as you're like, ah, I'm going through a, a supermarket trying not to crash into things. By far the most fun I had playing this game at Gamescom was... I got the developer to get a pair of USB microphones out from under the desk, and we both screamed at the video game to make the cart turn. And I don't know whether my, like, neighbours would appreciate me playing that game that way, <laughs> but it was a lot of fun to sit there with a very socially awkward game developer and scream at a screen while people were having a business meeting next to us. Nice. So, uh, if you want a bit of, like, very British-feeling silly fun... Supermarket Shriek seems like it's going to be great for that. Uh, I got to see some of Twin Mirrors, which is the new game from uh, Don't Nod, the Life is Strange people. Uh, you play a man who basically, like, he tried to propose to someone and they said no, so he basically ghosted on his life and then had to come back to his hometown a couple of years later. Now he's a detective and he's going to solve crimes in his hometown. And also he has, like, a mind palace, which is his detective thing where he can go in his head and see things. Also, there's a man who does not exist that tells him what to do sometimes, but it's not a mental health analogue, no. I don't know how to feel about it. So, on the surface I'm okay with like uh, Life is Strange style make narrative choices, try and solve some mysteries. Um, I'm theoretically okay with the idea of like the Mind Palace is basically like detective vision or whatever you want to call it. Like, here's where I can see all the clues and it looks slightly different. And then I go back to the room itself and solve the clues. The demo was not... The demo made you go and find specific clues in the Mind Palace, then go back to the room, then back to the Mind Palace, back to the room. In its own order, it wanted you to check out clues in. I will sum this up as best I can. There was a blood-covered shirt in a sink, and I was not allowed to inspect that as a potential clue until I had four or five times gone back and forth to this mind palace, and then it's like, aha, now you can look at the shirt. I'm like, the shirt was clearly the important clue. Mm. Uh, I spoke to the devs. Apparently that is not representative of the full game, but they're like, hey, that's basically because it's the tutorial mission. That's not representative of all of it, but we'll wait and see. I'm also not sure how I feel about man who sees people who aren't really there in the room and not addressing that as a mental health analogue. Are they ghosts, um, maybe? I mean, that they mm, be alright. It's like, may maybe if they're a ghost, but there's there's the demo had a lot of, you're not real, go away, and he's like, no, I'm part of you, so it made... It was, the dialogue in the demo made it sound like this was a person that was being made by his own head, and I'm like, meh. So I don't know how to feel yet. I liked the I liked the concept. I want to see another good Don't Nod game, but like I've got a lot of questions about this one. Yeah, it sounds like there's a lot to be questioning. I, I want to see more of this game before I commit to anything. But speaking of them, yeah, uh, I, I'm much more confident in Life is Strange season two. Mm. Uh, got to see about twenty minutes of that. Yeah. Um, Basically, this follows Captain Spirit, uh, the pair of brothers, next-door neighbour brothers that you see in Captain Spirit. They're an older brother and younger brother. One of them has superpowers. Basically, it's like, ah, oh, we're having brotherly bonding adventures. Big brother's going to teach little brother how to behave. Oh no, 
police officer shoots dad, and then superpowers happen, and then brothers run away because don't want to get dissected for having superpowers. They were caught on dash cam or body cam or something. Yeah, so it's basically like brothers going on a road trip trying to run to Mexico to like find some of dad's family and like get away from the police who might be chasing them. And briefly pausing to save the next door neighbour from falling out of a tree. Yeah, it it feels very much, if anyone's played the first episode of the new season of The Walking Dead, it's got a very similar feel in that it is, because it's an older child and a younger child travelling together, the older child is like, not really old enough to be an adult properly, but like, they're the closest thing to an adult in this situation. And it's a very interesting dynamic watching an older child try and be an adult for a younger child. Hmm. Um, so I'm excited for that. Ha- having having seen it now, I'm like, yeah, this is a different cast of characters, but I'm I'm excited to go on a different kind of journey in that world. Hmm. Um, and it doesn't seem like it's touching on the same narrative threads as Captain Spirit did, which is good because it probably means we can play through it together. Yay! Uh, I played some Pokemon Go in Germany because. Ooh. At Gamescom, they happened to have the letters of Gamescom as unknowns. So I ran around catching those. I think I caught all but two of the letters. Uh, I also did some work on my Celebi quest. I'm continuing to play a lot of Pokemon Go. Uh, What else is there? What are you you Googling about Pokemon? I'm Googling about (laughs) Pokemon in German. You get Uh, Okay, I'll keep going. Um, So... (laughs) Uh, I played some of Starlink, which is Ubisoft's, like, toys-to-life spaceship game. Mm -hmm. I initially played it on the show floor on Nintendo's booth, and I was very, like, this is a good ship game, and these ships, ship toys are well-built, but it feels really awkward to play the video game with a ship on top of my controller, and I don't want to do that. Mm. So... I, that, I was feeling a bit conflicted. I was like, I like these ships. I, I like this game. I don't like them together. How heavy are the ships? Um, they're fairly lightweight. The issue is more that they're not raised very high above the controller. Mm-hmm. So, you know the Joy-Con grip that you slide the Joy-Cons mm-hmm. into? Imagine a Joy-Con grip, but there was a stand maybe about five centimetres high that you then stuck the ship onto. The problem is, is you kind of have to like get your thumbs in that five centimeter gap to like reach the con- the controllers. You've oh. got to get your thumbs between the controller and the ship, oh. which doesn't feel comfortable. I a couple of days later got to play it at Ubisoft's booth behind closed doors, and basically it was like, hey, there is a way to like make your ship digitally so you don't have to have it sat on top of your controller while you play. You can, like, have the toys and have the game and have them separately and not have to have the toys on your controller while you play. I had a lot more fun when I played it that way around. Mm. Um, but, you know, they're, they're lightweight, very securely clipped together modular ship toys that are, like, really nice build quality. Mm. I'd be more than happy to have one, like, on a shelf in our living room. Because you can change them on the fly, right? Yeah, you can change them on the fly by, like, unclipping parts and clipping new parts on. You don't have to pause to do that. Uh, you don't have to pause if you've got the toy on top of your controller. But you do if you're going to do it digitally. If you're going to do it digitally, you do have to pause the game to switch the parts. But So if you're only physically, will you automatically get digital versions of those? I believe so. I okay. believe that you get digital versions of all the physical parts you own. So, so if you borrowed a friend's one, you can you will have that registered in your library. It's difficult to know for certain. Okay. I 
I tried asking a lot of questions and got a lot of very muddled answers. Okay. Um, I know that... Here's what I know. If you buy the starter pack that comes with certain physical parts, you will also digitally have all of those parts. Mm. If you were to buy a like a, a new physical part separately, I don't know if you could connect that onto your ship, take it straight back off. I've got it digitally now. Have it back, my friend. Mm. That's unclear currently. So that I don't know. It sounds mm. like that maybe is how it will work, but we will see. Um, well, it's concerning. I mean, especially if you, you know, you if you bought the digital copy of the game and then end up playing some physical bits later. Yeah, you'd need to know I, that you can add them to that. Yeah, because I've asked like, do will they be selling the extra parts for ships digitally as DLC for mm. cheaper prices than if you bought them as models? Perhaps I don't know. Mm. They said they will have more news on that shortly. I don't know when shortly is. Um, but no, it was a good Star Fox-esque fly down to planets, shoot things, go on adventures, do quests. It felt like, it felt a bit like No Man's Sky if there were more, like, quests and things to fight. If there was a game in there. If there was a bit more game in there. So, like, it, it doesn't seem like it's as quite as grand on scope, but, like, it's mm. still, I see a planet, I fly down to its surface with no loading screen, go do some stuff in mm -hmm. my spaceship. Okay. I got to play Smash Brothers Ultimate. Yes. Uh, that feels like more Smash Brothers in all the best ways. Uh, the main tweaks that I noticed were you now pick the stage before the character, which is good because it means you can tailor your character picks to the stage. So like, mm. ah, this stage has lots of holes. I won't choose Little Mac who can't jump properly. Mm. Um, the other thing I noticed was if your character gets knocked off screen but isn't quite out of bounds yet, you get these two little rectangles that show up that show you sort of how far off screen you are, so you know your recovery information. It seems like it's trying to teach people who are kind of good at fighting games and want to get better. It's giving them the tools to do that, which is really nice. And just, it's more Smash Brothers. Look very shiny. I'm up for more Smash. I played some Dark Souls on Switch. That runs really nicely in handheld mode. Like, I, I will probably replay Dark Souls when it comes to Switch, because it plays pretty well. I played some Mario, Super Mario Party. Um, it's designed so that everyone is playing with a single Joy-Con held sideways, um, and all of the minigames are either waggle one Joy-Con or just use the analog stick and maybe one button. It's all mm -hmm. very... Simple, accessible stuff. Um, yeah. Like, I think I sort of wiggled my hands up and down like the alternating pedals of a tricycle okay. to make uh, to try and race very quickly in a tricycle race. Or oh, yeah. uh, I held the Joy-Con in one hand like the handle of a frying pan and had to like flip a piece of meat to try and cook all the sides of it evenly. It was all very silly, quick, almost WarioWare-esque minigames. Mm. But... Without the gross-out humour that those normally have. Less nose-picking. Yeah, less nose-picking. I've not seen the board game aspect, but we've seen in trailers that, like, it's a board game where everyone moves around individually, rather than that weird thing they did for a while where everyone moved at the same time in a car. So it's probably going to be fine. Are you unaware of this? I, I, I played, like, one on the GameCube, I think, and I might have uh, had 
Was there an N64 one? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I think that's probably about the last so, time I played a Mario Party. There was a couple of Mario Parties where rather than letting each individual person like roll a dice and they move a certain number of steps and you all moved around by yourself, mm. for a couple of games they put everyone in a car and you would roll the dice and the car with everyone in it would move that many spaces. It was weird. I, it was a weird turn they took and a lot of people didn't like it and it seems no. like they've moved away from that. No. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm gonna rattle through these as quickly as I can. I've only got a few left, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw a demo for Darksiders 3. Uh, I was not able to touch it, but it was being played and I could see it being played and stuff. That's a very polished looking, sort of Zelda-like type game. Uh, the big thing I noticed is that, like, ha, the main two characters of that game have a total, like, Dom and Sub energy going <laughs> onto them. These two female characters where it's like, you've got... You have female demon lady that's like, aha, I am in control and I'm just going to exude Domly energy. And then this little, like, squidgy ghost girl next to her that's like, uh, 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 mistress, is that okay? <laughs> and the interplay between them was like, I fucking love these two and I'm very up for a Zelda-like game about, like, <laughs> lady dom and sub mechanics. It's, I'm very into that. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that was my big takeaway from Dark Siders 3. Um, Devil May Cry 5, it's a really polished action, uh, action, um, uh, character action game, that's the phrase I'm looking for. How are we for. only up to five? I thought we'd done loads of these. Okay, well, there's been more than, there has been slightly more than five of them. They did a weird reboot, so they did Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry 2, Devil May Cry 3, 4, back to Devil May Cry. Right. And it was like a remake, and this, I think Devil May Cry comes up, a 5 comes after Devil May Cry 2, I think. It's a weird, messed up lineage of series. Okay. Yeah, so... Speaking uh, of messed up lineage series. Well, we'll get there in a second. <laughs> I didn't play, pay too much attention to the plot. What I was paying attention to was, is it fun to hit stuff in this character action game? It was very fun to hit stuff. It had a weird mechanic where you rip off your robot arms to do cool stuff, like... Oh no, someone's got a hold of me. I'm I'm being, like, grabbed. I'll rip off my robot arm. That's fine. Like, like a rat, I shall detach my tail. Yes. Uh, I, it's like, ah, oh, I will do a super move where, like, I fire a huge, amazing, really cool laser out of my hand, but it breaks my arm. Stick a new arm on. And you've got to, like, try and keep enough arms to do all these cool, like, attacks that your robot arm can do. Okay. They're, like, very disposable. It was... It, it felt really fun. So but it's just like, spare arms kicking about yeah, everywhere, no, is there? At least in the demo, there were just spare robot arms just all over the fucking place. Okay. I don't know were if you it's... fighting a lot of robots? Uh, yes. So okay. I guess I guess I was just picking up their arms. I don't know. Okay. It, there were enough of them around in the demo that I felt like I could be doing the cool things like all the time and mm-hmm. not have to worry about it. Okay. Different arms had different special effects. So like the impression I get is they want you to do the cool special move and then it's like, okay... Time to swap out for a new arm, so you've got to do a new special now. Okay. It seemed fun, if a bit weird that he kept ripping his arms off. Mm. Um, Kingdom Hearts 3, that is a- another series that has a very confusing timeline of events. But Especially since there's been, what, seven games and we're on three? Yeah, um, my favourite title of one, I think, is still Kingdom Hearts 2.8, 0.2, a refractory package, Birth by Sleep. Something like that. It it's uh, weird. Wasn't there like three six five divided by two days? Yeah, three six five over two days was one. Oh. Yep. Um, 
That yeah, there was Kingdom Hearts. I think there was one point eight and two point eight and zero point two. So I played some of three. Um, Sora drops into a Toy Story world, and it looks like a fucking Pixar movie come to life. Cool. That was all that I really took away from that was, oh, okay, yeah, video games have reached the point where it looks like we're playing a Pixar film. Have they managed to stop Donald using all your health stuff? Oh yeah. no, he still uses all your health stuff. Um, GG. There, there was a <laughs> lot. <laughs> it felt if anyone's played. 2.8, 0.2, Birth by Sleeper, Refractory Package. It felt a lot like that, but it looked a lot better. So right. they, that's for you Kingdom Hearts people. Yeah. And I think there's a couple others I put slightly further down this list. Um, do, do, do. Do, 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 I think do, do. I think that's actually it. Uh, yeah, that 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 is everything I can remember that I played this week. Um, <sighs> that took a while. Didn't it, Jasper? That's almost the whole episode already. Should we get on to the next bit? Let's. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. I've got terrible news, terrible news. Oh, what's the, what seems to be the problem? Uh, we've been banned from selling loot boxes in Belgium. Apparently they're gambling adjacent and we're marketing gambling to kids and it's bad and they've stopped us selling them. Um, we can't put them, we can't have them in Overwatch anymore. We can't have them in a bunch of games. Don't know what we're gonna do here. We 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 need we need to take this problem and make solutions. Okay. Well, how about this? We uh we try and turn the people against their government. We'll uh we'll say that we're not gonna sell any of our games in that region until they allow us to put these exploitative practices back into place. You think we could destabilize them that way? Maybe. See, I don't. I'm not convinced we can pull that off because the problem is. If we're not embroiled in a current controversy, the government aren't gonna notice us gone. Damn. Yeah, uh, how about this? Can we rebrand them? Uh, possibly, uh, we're not selling loot boxes anymore, we're sen- selling, uh, potential happiness cubes, because we're not guaranteeing happiness, it's just potential for happiness. Sure, sure, so, uh, uh, yeah, um, and, and we gonna sell these, We can we still sell these in games, or have you got some other idea? Oh, I've got an idea for this, so if they get funny about that, and they're saying, no, they're still loot boxes, you're still selling them in games, I reckon... We put an, we put a web address in the game. It says, "Hey, do you want more content randomized? Go to this website, find out more." Then we sell the loot boxes on a website. Because the problem is, we're not allowed to sell loot boxes in games. We didn't sell it in a game. We told them to go to a website, sold it on a website, sent it to the game. You're a fucking genius. Thank you. Uh, Sam, the intern, I've got a suggestion. Um. Apparently, the, you, you're not allowed to sell them in Belgium because they're immoral. Maybe we just stop selling them because they're immoral. Fetch my crowbar. <laughs> if we could get someone to clean that up, I do seem to be getting through interns really quickly at the moment. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, we'll get someone in on that. Uh, I think that's uh, that's meeting done. Uh, can we get the cleanup crew in? Thank you very much. Yeah, stop right there. Uh, um, I'm, 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 I'm sorry. I, um, I, I know I'm not meant to be here. I'm really sorry. What, what are you doing here anyway? Um, I, I know this is gonna sound really silly. Um, I, 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 I broke into the Rantries factory because, um, well, nowhere does good vegan chewy sweets because they all use gelatin, and somehow Rantries have worked out how to make jelly tots good, billy, good jelly chewy sweets without using gelatin, and I, I. I tried to find out on Twitter how they do it, and and all they would do is tweet it back at me 
words like bazinga and I, I just really wanted to know how to how to help vegan sweet people to make vegan sweets that were good without gelatin. Well, I can help you with that. Uh, h- how? Wowza! Based on real tweets I received from round trees. So, <gasps> what have you placed in your eye spaces? Oh, well, we put a few things in our eye spaces together. Mm. Uh, I think since last time we watched this, we finished watching Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. Yeah. How did you find that? Uh, I liked it better than the original. It, I think its ending makes a lot more sense than the original. Yeah. It it felt like it worked up to its ending. Yes, I suppose it just went, here's a big weird thing. Okay, thanks. Da- done. <laughs> Yeah, it's... You, we, we had this conversation when watching the end of this. You didn't know there were movies after I didn't the original know there were series. Like no, no, there's... there's. So the movie that comes after the original series, as I remember it, Ed ends up going through the portal of truth and waking up in Nazi Germany. Um, and discovering that like World War Two was basically just to fuel the Philosopher's Stone back in the other world. It right. was, It was a whole thing. Uh... Yeah, that series is weird, but like, I forgot how much I liked Brotherhood, and I really mm. enjoyed it by its end. Well, we did get into that conversation about missing um, Alexander's um, flexing story. Yeah, story like, nine. there's a few things from early in the show that like the original series does better, like <laughs> Alex Armstrong's flexing montages <laughs> and stuff. There are definitely things that Brotherhood isn't perfect for replacing the original series. Yeah. Like they skip over the whole plot line of that that man from the who who was badly running the mine and then yeah. try and make him a like a main character later. Yeah, that was a bit. It's it's like don't something. you remember me? It's like no, because they skipped the episode that you were in. That's how little you meant to these people. Yeah, but it's it's good, isn't it? Yeah, it was good. Nice animated. We watched through a whole anime together. We, we did. Look at that. Yeah. What else have you watched? Uh, well, have I watched? Um, we watched some Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. We watched about half of season two of that now. I think we've watched most of season two. Oh. I think we've got very little of season two left. Hmm. But yeah, how, how are you finding that show? I'm not really feeling it, I must be honest. That's um, fair. I'm... I feel like the characters just keep making worse and worse and worse decisions. <laughs> And although you keep telling me that it it will come a time when the uppance will come, okay. Will will you allow me to? I'm gonna keep watching it. (laughs) Very like very 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 mild spoilers for sort of when this comeuppance is coming. End of this season. Basically, we get an entire season of the main character going. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't be doing these things. Also, here's what's going on in my head. Let's deal with my mental health problems. Well, she almost made her a, a, a she, mental she, health breakthrough. She okay. She li- she does make a legitimate mental health breakthrough. Season three is primarily about dealing with her mental health issues, but and that would and be interesting to see. Much less about chasing chasing boys and making very bad decisions about her own health. I'm glad. So, it's. I'm aware it takes a while to get there. I enjoyed the ride, but I can understand why it'd be annoying to be like, these people are making the same mistakes over and over. Yeah. Not that I would make necessarily much better mistakes, because I too have mental health problems, but... 
that it's, uh, it's yeah. difficult to watch from the outside. I wouldn't, uh, yeah, and that, and I wouldn't make a TV series about it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, the music's good, though. Yeah, the music's really <laughs> good. Um, one thing that I really like that has come up a few times in the show so far that like I'm ready to sort of come to its crux is... What is uh, Trent, the the cre- her creepy stalker guy? Yes. He does a lot of things that she does. A lot of the things he does are like, aha, yes, but it's it's not creepy or scary because I'm in love. And it it's a lot creepier when he does it. And it's like, watching it the first time through, I was like, oh yeah, I really should be paying more attention to how creepy Rebecca's behaviour is. because Oh, it's very creepy. Yeah, when I watch Trent do it, it's like, yeah, no, mm, yeah, no, yeah, every... All the rest of the characters in the cast see it as creepy when Trent does it. It's like, see it as creepy when Rebecca does it? Well, well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of creepy things from lots of people in that show. Yeah. Just, I'm I'm excited for the episode of this where we can talk about, like, oh, comeuppances happened. Yeah. I, I think next time we talk about it, we probably will have reached there. Yes. I think. But, uh... Yeah. What, what else you watched? Uh, we watched through a series of a show together. We watched through Disenchantment, we which did. is the new Matt Groening show on mm. Netflix, the uh, the Simpsons Futurama guy. Yes. What do you think of that? Mm, generally, it was it, it was alright. Um, I I laughed a couple of times, which is unusual for me to genuinely laugh out loud at things. Um, it, it was more creative than. Anything Groening's done in a while. I think it helped that they had the opportunity to be a bit more adult with that. Yeah, like there are a few things I wasn't keen on. Same. Like, <laughs> I think that the whole, um, the whole, the elf is in love with the princess plotline, like, ran out of steam very quickly because the whole joke of that was, haha, he's he's being nice, but she doesn't like him. That way. That was a thing for a while that never really went anywhere. Did they actually, I think they actually made a friend zone joke as well. Didn't yeah, they? they made a friend zone joke and stuff. Uh, I was a bit. It's... It squicked out about some of the stuff with the manticore. Oh yes, yes, the the manticore that was female, but they uh, was not. They vis- just assumed yeah. that it was that, that they were male, yeah. and um, then they make a whole gender as a spectrum comment. I don't know if that was supposed to be a joke. There's a few times where they talk about gender as a spec there's a few comments where I don't know whether they're trying to make a joke about it or whether they are trying to point it out sincerely like there's that group of bandits who talk very oh yeah sincerely about, about like, like the we- wage gap and stuff and yeah I don't know if they're trying to mock it or if they're trying to supportively discuss it it, it feels like they 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 sort of just comment on things and let you make your own decision about whether or not you want to treat it as a joke or as a social commentary. Yeah, it's... It's the joy of not having a laugh track. Yeah, but like, generally I enjoyed that series. It, yeah. it went some places I didn't expect. Yeah. Um, I, in, I enjoyed a lot about how they put it together. Mm. There, was, there was some amusing laughs. Did, did not expend, expect the end of that season to be as... To take the chances it took, hmm. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it, it killed an hour, it killed a few hours in some entertaining I, I, ways. I think my favourite running joke might have been the man whose head was impaled on the sword. Hmm. I, I very much enjoyed every time he popped up. Yes. Um, but yeah, what about you? You watched anything else? No. 
Uh, the only other thing I can think of that I watched was uh, I'll watch some more of uh, My Hero Academia Season 3. Continues Ooh. to be good. Yeah. Oh, we did watch a thing. Ooh. We watched The Incredibles 2. Oh, yeah. We watched The Incredibles 2. Yeah. That, that was that was an enjoyable film. It was good. Yeah. It, it had a good sense of humour. Yes. Uh, I love the character of Void. I like Void, yeah. Void, <laughs> Void is great, and I love her, and I want to cosplay her sometime. I would be very into that. <laughs> yeah, I think I might have to. <laughs> but I think it was just a really solid family-friendly superhero comedy. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's, it's very good. I had no real complaints to make about it. Well, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, um, it was nice to see Edna back. Yeah, Edna mood. Edna mod. Uh, so yeah, with that, shall we move on to this? We're looking to start one of those celebrity perfumes, but instead of being one of those worthless celebs who are just famous for nothing, well, we want genuine rich people to feel like they're much more included. So uh, we're trying to inspire a whole generation of, of, of conservative youth. So uh, uh, we're thinking about getting a perfume that is, is the smell of, you know, the, the Tory party. Oh yes, um, as as the top perfumer around, I'm pretty sure I can help you to come up with something that's gonna fit your brand perfectly. Um, so I had some suggestions. I did some research on your brand, and mm-hmm. I'm thinking, uh, the tears of sick, disabled, and impoverished people. Oh yes, yes, yes. Mm. Uh, h- how do you feel about pureed shares? Oh, they have to be the right type of shares, of course. Yeah. Uh, what about liquid gold? Without saying, of course. Uh, what about the smell of a brand new copy of the Daily Mail? Daily Mail, you say? I get it. What about the smell of a recently repossessed mobility vehicle? Yes, absolutely. Oh, you're talking my language now. Do you have any idea how much money we spent trying to take away their their benefits? <laughs> okay, so so how about this? I think I've got the perfect idea. Mm-hmm. I think we take all of these previous scents. We yes. mix them all up together. Yeah. Drop in just a little splash of bigotry. I think we've got it sorted. Oh, yes. We're absolutely barking right up my tree there. Absolutely what I want. Uh, tell you what. Throw in the smell of a terrified fox being chased by dogs and I think you're under a winner there. <laughs> Do you want to talk about it? Oh, it was a really rough session today, Attention Master. It did take quite a spanker. Oh, it was. Oh, gosh. Is it okay if I just talk about my feelings a bit? Absolutely. Would really you rough. like me to get you a drink? Yeah, I think I could really do with a drink. It'd really help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Aftercare is vitally important if you're a dungeon master, because your D&D players may well need some aftercare and support. Was it the cobalt horde I sent after you? <laughs> so many of them. I just, I just, I thought, I, I, I thought my character was going to die. It was, it was just so much. It's okay. There's time for a long rest before the next oh, session. Oh, thank you. I, 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 I think that that would be really useful. Thank you. For, thank you for looking after my needs, Dungeon Absolutely. Master. Would you like some cake? Get some sugars oh, back in you. Thank you. <sighs> so, <gasps> what has gone into your ear holes? We've done eye holes. We've done thumb wearing. What goes in your? Uh, yes. Not a huge amount. Mm-hmm. Um. So I listened to a playlist I quite enjoyed this week, and this was one that was made by uh, Cosmignon on Twitter. Ooh, that 
very talented artist. Yeah, who often does Dice Funk fan art. He's both. Uh, yeah. Towards the end of every season of Dice Funk, they end up putting together um, music playlists based on the characters from that, uh, the player characters from that season of, of Dice Funk. Oh. So there is an, a playlist on 8tracks.com called Protection Itself, which is a Frank from Dice Funk Season 4 playlist that I listened through today. Hmm. And generally, I would say, yeah, they did a really good job of of picking out some songs that were very Yu-Gi-Oh! Dad that just wants to be a good dad songs. Mm. Um, so the the tracks on there were Glasses by Jonathan Colton, Falling for the First Time by the Bare Naked Ladies, Slip Sliding Away by Paul Simon, Hide and Seek by Imogen Heap, Giving Me a Chance by Gautier, which is Coincidentally, the first time I think I've actually listened to a Gautier song that wasn't um, somebody that I used to know. Yeah. Uh, Epoch by Savlonic, who I think we've talked about before. Yeah. Uh, I Could Never Be Ready from Steven Universe. And The Call by Regina Spector. I just very much enjoyed that playlist. So Good call. Yeah. Um, I've not got complex thoughts on those, just oh. I, I quite like that as a playlist. That's alright, uh, I don't have particularly complex thoughts on my musical choices this week. What have you listened to this week? I listened to Siderfield's Blue album, or mix, oh, or whatever. Yes. Yeah. It was very good, very chill, some nice trance. Mm-hmm. And, and the other track was... Oh, the other thing I listened to was uh, 1200 Micrograms self-titled album. Oh, Yes. Which can be confusing, because they also have a, an album called 12, 1200 Mics, <laughs> and another one called 1200 Micrograms. But I listen to 1200 Micrograms, It's uh, I think it's about eight tracks, um, they're quite long each, and they're each on a different subject. Uh, content warning, drugs, they're all about drugs, because cool. that's just what... 24, uh, 1200 micrograms are like 1200 micrograms it, dot 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 of drugs uh, of um of uh <laughs> of, of, of of tryptamines uh, <laughs> of acid uh, I believe that's quite a lot of acid um <laughs> some that is that is some acid <laughs> some acid I get the impression that it is quite a lot though a yeah. heroic dose um yeah, good album. And I also listened to uh, another track which just randomly turned up on my Spotify today, which was also by 1200 micrograms, which was Acid for Nothing, um, which is um, a mixture of sound samples about acid and the, um, you know, Money for Nothing. Oh, okay. Um, so it's got that guitar riff in it with, like, some nice progressive trance. They do good guitar plus... Yeah, stuff. I need to listen to more of their stuff. I might put some of their stuff on while I'm working tomorrow. Because there's that track that's got the Fear of the Dark sample <gasps> in it. That's oh, really good. That, mm, yes, you've shown me that's, that one before. That's 1200 micrograms. I might have to find that one tomorrow. It's so good. Good, good stompy progressive drums. Yeah. Um, other things I listened to this week. I've been listening to a lot of Dice Funk, basically. <laughs> Because season season four is about to finish, so I'm been... trying to get in there, but trying to get behind enemy lines. I'm, I'm trying to like listen back to like the last few weeks and be like, okay, where where am I at before we record the finale? I thought you meant like anything that Austin might try and sort of blindside you guys with. Oh yeah, no, <laughs> I've I've been trying to listen out for like what's in the this time on Di- last time on Dice Funk. Mm. What's he laying out clues for? Mm-hmm. Um, 
And the only other thing I listened to was I spent two hours on a plane listening to a man tell me that I'm not a real video game player because I don't really play MMOs anymore and MMOs are the only real genre of video games. And if you're not playing MMOs, why are you even bothering? Or is he literally stroking his penis and, and crying while saying this? Um, emotionally, <laughs> yes. It um, sounds like a wanker. Yeah, no, he... <laughs> I believe he worked for a company in the games industry that I will not mention here, but did not give a good impression for his company hmm. when he spent two hours telling me about how MMOs were the only games worth playing, and if I you don't play the them, then makes you... MMOs. Uh, no, they don't. <laughs> it's a company that does not make MMOs. And, yeah. So that was the thing I listened to for, like, two hours this week. I listened to a lot of people tell me about their video games, but not let me touch them. That was a thing that, that was a weird well. thing. I noticed in a lot of your your reports from from Gamescom, like I was allowed to direct a person who was I controlling the thing, but I wasn't so, allowed I think to touch it. Cyberpunk, I think, is the only one I actually wrote about where I did that. But like, there was one called. Actually, did I write about the scarf? I think you I did. Wrote about the yeah, scarf. no, the scarf was another one of those where like. I was allowed to watch the person using the controller. I wasn't allowed to touch it. And they was... weren't very open to answering questions. Yeah, they told me a lot about it, but didn't answer a lot of my questions. Mm. It was it was a bit of that last week. Yeah. It sounded like you asked them things and they had no real answers for them. Yeah, which <laughs> Important when... things about their game. Yeah, so that's everything I'll listen to this week. Well then... Um, so we uh, had a had a meeting, and um, sales are down on our existing library of superheroes. And um, I, I hear you've been uh, focus testing um, on on how we can maybe replace them because uh, we we had some core words we wanted to uh, have our new superheroes defined by. Uh, what were they? Uh, brave, strong, and inspiring. So, uh, did you come up with anything? Uh, well, we've uh, googled the t- the terms to try and see which groups of people might have those terms applied to them most regularly. Uh, we needed to know, you know, who were the people that were inspiring and and strong and brave. And uh, well, well, here are the ones we've come up with: um, people with physical disabilities and trans people. Ha! Huh. Now, neither of those is what we expected to be uh, marketable demographics for superheroes, but uh. I guess we'd give it a shot. Coming this fall, a movie of bravery and strength and inspiration. One was born with a skeletal anomaly. The other was assigned a gender at birth. It was wrong. Um, we don't actually have any superpowers. We're just kind of living our own lives. Inspirational. We're we're doing stuff that the rest of you do every day. It's 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 not a big deal. Brave. I I don't know what, what what's so brave about us going strong. Just just I just want to pop to the shops for some bread. Living your best life. Coming this fall. At least Eddie Redmayne's not involved. Said something offensive and just awful online. Always. Try and you double down. <gasps> now we've added attacking your decry's character. Double down, because you're too ignorant, self-important, and sensitive to apologise for your mistakes. You're sure right about that. Questions, I just have questions. What's the questions? Uh, Crimson would like to know, well, what would be your starter Pokemon from any generation? It's gotta be Charmander from Gen 1, because, and I think I've told this story in places before... 
have a bit of an emotional connection to Charmander as a Pokemon. There's an episode of the anime very early on in which Charmander is abandoned by his trainer and does not want to leave and is very much like, no, no, they said they would come back, so I believe they'll come back because they're a person in a position of authority who who, who I trust. And as a small child who had spent a lot of years with a parent that would promise they were coming and then not show up and I as a child would just dutifully wait for them, I related a lot to that episode and I occasionally do a bit of a cry about that episode, so, like, I have a bit of a connection with Charmander. So Charmander would be my pick, I think. Um, well, mine is also a Gen 1 Pokemon. Yeah. Um, but but for, um, <laughs> for much less noble reasons. <laughs> uh, mine's Bulbasaur, because I like plants. That's fair. And Bulbasaur's really cute. Bulbasaur is very cute. Also, Venusaur knows what you did. If Venusaur knows what we did. <laughs> uh, you know who else has Bulbasaur as their favourite Pokemon? Uh, Makita. Ah. Yeah. Makita cosplayed as a Bulbasaur once. That sounds awesome. It was very cool. Aw. Yeah. What other questions we got? Uh, Becky Toothill. When is, positi- when is positivity bad? I think when it's in the face of evidence. When, like... I think if... Evidence suggests that you should probably be concerned and you ignore that to be positive. That can be a problem. Hmm. Uh, I mean, I would say, like, when it's used to bludgeon folk with mental health problems or chronic illness. Yeah, that's another one. Like, that sort of thing. Like, the enforced happiness. The kind of happiness that the We Happy Few devs think actually exists. Yes, the you're not allowed to not feel happy. Unhappy. Yeah. So you have to be positive. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes shit is bad. And you need to acknowledge that because if you don't, then you're just potentially just letting bad things happen. Being positive because you think you're supposed to, not because you actually feel it, is bad. Yes. You should feel feel your your feelings. feelings. What's the next question? Uh, Piggy8174 would like to know what are your opinions? Uh, what, in your opinion, are the organisations that are doing the most to help LGBT plus people? The only one that comes to mind right now is the trans charity Mermaids. That one comes to mind. I have them down too. Yeah, they're they're a very good one for, for helping parents with like, hey, here's how to understand what's going on with your trans kid. Mm-hmm. Very supportive. You got uh, any other suggestions? Uh, yeah. Um, the Outside Project. Oh, yes. Um, they do uh, sort of uh, LGBT um, housing. Uh, for for the homeless uh, again, Stonewall Housing, much the same thing, and um, the Pete Thatcher Fa- Peter Thatcher Foundation, um, mm. who do a lot of stuff for queer refugees. Yay! Yeah. Uh, what other questions we got? Ostigar uh, would like to know if you could gain full knowledge and ability to dance in a specific style or hybrid style, what would it be? I feel like you've got an answer to this ready, Natch. Uh, I'd like to Charleston. I'd like because you can use that in a lot of other dances. Uh, my answer would be literally any type of dance other than the Macarena, which is the only dance I can reliably do. Nice. What's our next question? Uh, Zaldera would like to know, uh, how did you come up with the show's theme jingle? That's uh, a question for you, I think. I was watching lots of things about music, making music uh, on your own, because I have no musical talent and no musical experience. Same! Yay! Um, and one of the things I was looking for 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 sort of how to write melodies, and it suggested, like, find, like, listen to words, listen to people speaking, and, and sort of try and come up with a rhythm based on sort of the, the, the tone of voice. 
Um, so I, I wrote basically a, a theme song that was never going to end up being sung because I don't really have the singing talent for it. Yeah. But um, and so the the lyrics I wrote down were put the kettle on, have uh, put the kettle on. I'll make a cup of tea. We'll have some fun and lots of laughs in the land of crew and present strangers. Yeah. Um, and that is that is what you hear. The the never sung lyrics to that. We to have that. kind of sung it. I yeah, think we have a couple of episodes near the beginning. We sort of like hinted at those being those being the yeah. words. All the questions we got. Alice Sidebard would like to know. Sidebard would like to know how are you. I'm alright. I'm glad we had a three day weekend after Gamescom finished because uh-huh. I was fucking tired. Yes, you uh, were. It's very nice to just take a vacation from everything for a bit. Yes, good yes. vacation. <laughs> Venus uh, all knows what we did. <laughs> uh, Venus always knows. Uh, Lucy Nevins, uh, what is your favourite genre of music to experience live? I really like good, like, hard rock live. Mm. Mm. Like, I, I love some, like, good, some, like, pounding rock or metal live. It's just, yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those things where just, like, there is something magical about the energy in a room of a good, like, metal show or something. Yeah. Um, I would say rock or maybe ska. Like, <gasps> oh, yeah, ska. There's something about live brass that com- communicates yeah. better than, than recorded. Uh, actually, we, we have seen some good ska. During nights yeah, out, yeah. where like, oh, that was good. Actually, yeah, Scar's a good answer. Uh, the only other option would have said would have been something we experienced at the same party, which would be drumming groups. Oh yeah, because we... when we saw Sam Battalion live, yeah, that was incredible. It was when incredible. We saw them on YouTube, they were yeah. shite. No, they were shite on YouTube, but being in the room, it's like, oh my god, I can feel it through my soul. Yeah, that was damn good. <laughs> uh, Kia Anderson would like to know what is your least favorite attempts at LGBTQ representation in media where it was supposed to be positive. Have you got an answer ready for this? I mean, I don't even know if it's supposed to be positive, but uh, Eddie Redmayne, um, Hilary Swank as as Brown and Tina. Yeah. No, the, um, what, uh, the Dallas Buyers Club is the one that always, is the thing that always comes to mind for me, where it's like, it was meant to be positive, or was it? Or, I don't it was, really know. I think it was meant it was to be bad. like it was meant to not be out actively anti, <laughs> but like it didn't turn out good. Tropey, tropey, trope, trope. Tropey, tropey, trope, tropes. Mm. Um, what advice do you have for someone who's accidentally developed enough facial hair that it's too upsetting to look in the mirror to shave? Hmm. Get an electric razor so you can do the bulk of the shaving without having to look. Because yeah. an electric razor, you can pretty much just sort of buzz at your face and not have to worry about cutting anything. That'd do it. And that'd probably get rid of the worst of it so that you can look in the mirror. Uh, um, there was about five or six years when I wouldn't look in the mirror at all. Uh, all of the mirrors in my house were either covered most of the time or were just sort of taken off the wall and turned around. So I got very used to just shaving by touch. Yeah. Um, obviously you've got to be reasonably adept at it and, and careful anyway, but you you can sort of like trace a finger along behind the, the blade as you pull and sort of feel where you've missed spots. Um, yeah. And I got pretty good at doing that. If, if anything, I think because you're forced to sort of constantly feel over the area, yeah. you're less likely to miss things. Yeah. Um, but initially you can lead to a few cuts and scrapes if you're not careful. Especially if you're using safety razors rather than like cartridge razors. Yeah. 
but yeah, you can get pretty good at that. Uh, if you could create a hybrid between two non-human animals, what would you make? Ooh, ooh, two. Mm. I would like the equivalent of, let's say, the temperament and behaviour of a cat, but the body of a bunny rabbit. <laughs> I would love to have just, like, a bunny rabbit that behaved like a cat. Like you do. Some, some bunny rabbits do. I know. I'm like, I want the cat-bunny hybrid that's also... If I can go up to three, kind of cat, bunny, and duck, maybe. Yeah. I like those three things combined. That's good. I, the bit of duck there is like, I won't be able to take it. I'll just, just have them in the bath. I'm have a bath. I like those. Um, you often see them photoshopped online. The um, the cat owls. <laughs> yeah. I always think they're adorable. So I would like a real cat owl. What's the next question? Uh, Anne Devine would like to know, what is your f- who is your favourite non-Peter Parker spider person? I'm a big fan of Miles Morales, who a lot of people will know as, like, that's the black Spider-Man. Uh, into uh, what's the uh, Spider-Man film at the moment? Uh, there's an Homecoming? upcoming at no, there's an animated one coming out Ooh. soon. Uh, Enter the Spider-Verse, I think it's called, which is a Miles Morales one. Um, other than that, Spider Gwen. I really like Spider Gwen's design. Yeah, I mean, I don't, <clears throat> I don't read um, Spider-Man any Spider-Man stuff. stuff so. Uh... Uh, yeah, I think Spider Gwen's the one that I've seen that I quite like. I quite like the design of. That's a cool suit. Yeah. What other questions we got? Uh, Lid- Lid- Lydia Blizzard, uh opinions on the coriander cilantro thing. Tastes like soap to me, and and it tastes fine to me, and I very much like it in carrot soup. Yeah, uh, I think I've told this story once before. Um, I went to a place at E3 a couple of years ago called uh, the Taco Car Wash. I had a taco. It tasted of soap. I assumed that was because of the car wash element. It was because of the cilantro slash coriander. Curious, I'm curious. Uh, Matthew Hudson would like to know, did you get a chance to play Resident Evil 2 Remake at Gamescom? And if so, how was it? Unfortunately not. It was one of the few games I did not have a chance to try. I played too many video games that few days. Uh, Rory Greenwood would like to know why do all my friends hate raisins so much? Because they're evil. I like them. I have texture issues with with grapes sometimes, and raisins you take away all the liquid. I don't have to deal with the liquid component of the texture. Then it's... you and Rory can hang out and eat raisins. Okay, together. Rory, we're going to eat raisins. We'll eat all the raisins. You ate all the raisins. You Who ate all the raisins? raisins? Delicious raisins, delicious raisins. If you're into that. Hmm. <laughs> Um, Mara Costa would like to know opinions on Tess slash ESO and, and ESO. I guess that's Elder Scrolls and, and, and Elder Scrolls Online. Yeah, never really was much into Elder Scrolls Online. The Elder Scrolls, I wish I was more into than I am. I keep trying them and they keep not quite holding my attention long enough to finish them. Same. I did not enjoy Arena. I did not enjoy Daggerfall. I did not enjoy Oblivion. I ba- barely, ch- oh no, I did not enjoy M- Morrowind, I barely tried Oblivion, and then I didn't think there was much point but getting involved in, in Skyrim, given that I didn't like the previous four. I have Skyrim on Switch, and it's one of those, like, <clears throat> if I find myself really desperate for an open world RPG, I might give it a go. Is it still a buggy piece of shit? Probably. Yay. What's the last question? Uh, Jacob Marion would like to know, is the best thing about being in a relationship with a trans person? Have you got an answer ready for this? Um, I mean, like, I, I like that we uh, can 
shared jokes about things. Like, sometimes I think of really inappropriate things that uh, a person who has not been through what we have would... I don't think they'd get it, or at least yeah. it might take them considerably longer to get where I was going with it. There's, there's something nice about shared experience when you're both trans people dating. Yeah. Um... I I like the thing that, like, we've talked before, I think, on this show about the whole, like, second childhood, second puberty thing that a lot of trans people do in adulthood, where you're Teenagers like... Teenagers too, electric boogaloo! Exactly! And I like that we're at a point where, like, we're both clearly adults. We pay our bills, we deal with stuff responsibly, we do adulty stuff when needed. But equally, it's like, neither of us has felt the pressure to be like, no, you must grow up and be an adult now. It's like, no, if we want to have an like, if we want to be adults but also have a slumber party and eat eat sweets and watch a, a, a film under blankets, we can do that. Why and we're, not, we're not hurting anyone. Exactly. I I think that the whole second teenagerishness in adulthood helps to do the whole like, just fucking have fun as an adult. Mm. It, it helps on that. I think. I think more adults should have fun anyway. Indeed, but I think it's a thing that happens a lot with trans people where I'm like, yeah, that's pretty alright. It's true. But that's all the questions. <gasps> so. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Brochure Justice Warriors. Hello, Barry. Hello, Larry. How you doing? Oh, I'm, not, I'm not too bad, but how, how's it going? Have you been up to much? Oh, I've been doing all right, actually. I had um, I had a, I had a nice free chill weekend for the uh, the bank holiday. I had uh, I had some time to myself, and I was having a bit of a chill. I ended up thinking back a bit on me uh me younger days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so like, I was having a thing. I I used to be a bit unsure what labels I wanted to use to define myself with, and I was just having to think about this and like. I used to feel really uh, anxious about that because, like, there's that fear that if you identify as a label and then you know you decide that's not right for you, it's that fear of a uh, of repercussion, I suppose. That fear that what if what if I've made the wrong choice and that causes problems and whatnot. Well, I think people should always be uh, allowed to you know explore themselves and and, and various things. I, I I don't think it is a, a really a problem for the individual. I think it's very important to you know you, you see what works for you and what applies for you. I know some people who actively try and avoid uh, self labelling for that reason, but I I, don't, I think that it, it's still a very important part of uh, of your your humanity to to explore those things. I think the problem really comes when when you changing whatever labels you might have previously used is sort of weaponised against you or, or, or the group that you previously identified as part of. I think, I think part of the problem is that we, uh, we currently live in a world where such a big deal is made when someone decides to use a label that differs from, you know, straight, cis, white, male and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the problem is we make such a big deal when someone goes, oh, I'm going to apply a different label to myself. That that can apply that can apply some fear that like oh oh it was such a big th- thing was made out of me applying this label how can I back down from that now and that's you know it shouldn't be the case but I can understand where that fear comes from. Well yeah absolutely I mean <clears throat> I myself came out as uh, bisexual age seventeen but uh, and and all my friends were were absolutely fine with that 
But, uh, you know, many years later, after a, a string of bad relationships with men, I, I came to just feel for a while that actually I might, in fact, be straight instead. Yeah. You know, and I, uh, I then later actually sort of swung back, back into uh, and uh, re- redefined myself as pansexual. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I, I would hate to think that if any point during that someone had said, uh, well, you know, see, there's no such thing as bisexuality or pansexuality because you were briefly identified as straight. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I think the other thing that's like important for us to talk about is like not only just experimenting to find, you know, what feels right, but like... It's all right. It'd be sh- it's all right to be sure how you define yourself, mm. and then change it after that. Like, oh, absolutely. You know, ultimately, all these labels are just shorthand to explain, you know, what you happen to be feeling in that moment. And you know, it shouldn't be a problem to go right now. This term is the easiest shorthand for me to use. However, what shorthand I use might change because there's probably a lot more nuance behind that shorthand. It's probably not as as simple as I moved from this category to this category, you will probably maybe somewhere in the in the middle. You were slightly more that way, now you're slightly more this way. And that's okay. You know, it's okay for things to change over time and it's Absolutely. okay to, to be sure you identify one way, then be sure you identify a different way. Exactly, and that, that doesn't in any way, you know, lessen what you are now or what you have been. Yeah. That is part of your journey through life. And uh, I think everyone is, is really just exploring themselves and that's an important part of uh, of your humanity. Yeah, it's been a good chat. It's been a good chat. Yeah, yeah. Should we, uh, should we, we have, have that up? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's proper. It's proper good that we we're, we're getting on with these. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's proper good platonic. Oh, it's good stuff for the soul. It's, it's it's good for bonding and and you know feel, feels good. You know, don't not not hurting no one and uh, yeah, more of that I think in life. I think the world would be a better place with more hugging. Oh, some proper good hippie thinking. Yeah. 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 Oh, right. Should we have, go have that cup of tea? Yeah, yeah. Laura? Yes? Where can we find you on the internet? You can find me at Laura K. Buzz pretty much everywhere. Laura K. Buzz on Twitter. Laura K. Buzz on YouTube. Laura K. Buzz on Twitch. You can find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5 at kotaku.co.uk. You can find me on Dice Funk, seasons three and four. Season three, I turn up eight or nine episodes in. Season four, I'm in the whole way through. They're all standalone stories, so just jump into whichever one you fancy. Season three is a bunch of people trapped in a ta- in a medieval town and trying to work out how to get out. Season four is about the overthrowing of capitalism in the modern day. Yay! Uh, season five starts very soon, so, like, if you want to hear the Sherry Lady voice... Oh, used for a character who's going to be going on a big grand adventure. Oh, excellent. That might be a thing you should start listening to in the next uh, week or two when that kicks off. What about you, Jane? I can be found Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, in other places that aren't Kotaku. Um, But generally, I am uh, um, uh, Maniac Janiac on Twitter and YouTube. And I'm Janiac on Twitch, where I stream on Thursdays at about 7.30 UK time. Uh, PM, and I'm also uh, on SoundCloud as Janeris Magnet. Where you might be listening to this. <gasps> and and Radio.blog. And with that, the only thing left to say is, until next time, be a stranger.